Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. The problem we're solving is really a workflow problem. So if you break it down, there's an individual problem and there's a team problem. So on the individual level, typically it's how do I build a voice app really quickly without coding with you know, sort of minimal resources. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name's Carl Robinson and today we're going to discover how to build voice apps without coding. So in today's episode recorded on the 23rd of January 2020, you're going to hear me talk with Braden Ream, the CEO of VoiceFlow. As many of you know, Braden is the CEO of the, one of the most successful voice companies based in Toronto, Canada, and they are a collaborative design platform for voice app development. They've had loads of funding. They power 1 million conversations a month, probably more now. That is 6% of the world's Alexa skills are built on the platform. Very, very impressive. It's basically a, a drag and drop interface that allow you to build both Alexa skills and Google Actions with no code. So super easy uh, to get a high quality result. We cover all sorts of things on the conversation today. First of all, we dive into conversational design on voice flow. What's the difference between using flow charts versus uh, stateful design? Some of the limitations of voice flow versus coding from scratch. How Braden sees that the parity gap between what voice flow can produce and what you can produce on the standard platform uh, systems. He would recommend some resources as well to help with that, help with the design. And then we dive in some of the uh, industry topics. So first of all, what's it like building a voice startup these days uh, in terms of funding, in terms of competition, in terms of timing? Then we talk about whether he sees voice as an interface versus voice as a platform. What's the difference? We address the discovery issue, one of the biggest problems in the space today. Brain shares some of his ideas for how discovery can be improved generally. He also shares uh, his predictions for 2020. Specifically, he sees the, the rise of intentless voice app structures. So we're going to find out what that means. We talk about the debate between the, um, the skills app model and these uh, component marketplaces, whether really apps are the right model for voice interfaces at all. And then I ask him about his community and what the secret to building a good community is, because VoiceFlow have one of the most successful Facebook groups on uh, voice technology and design. So uh, he shares his uh, insights into that. For the pro listeners, for the Voice Tech pro listeners, I actually asked Braden a number of bonus questions, as I do with most interviews. Perhaps you weren't aware, but at the end of uh, most of the episodes, I ask these bonus questions. They dig into a little bit more about the background of the guest, what advice they would give to people coming up who want to start a startup or get into the space in some way. And Braden's responses are really good on this one. So I just wanted to highlight the fact that if you're not signed up as a, a Voice Tech pro, then you can do so. You can just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, sign up, get the full episode, including including uh, the, the bonus content at the end, because it's well worth it. I've got another great conference to put on your calendar, a fantastic two-day event organized by Bradley Metrock and the SCORE publishing team. Uh, it's presented by Mercedes-Benz, and it's your chance to witness the union of voice-first technology and the modern car. Now, as you know, these are two hugely impactful technologies that combined will transform the way we move around our environment and access services in this new decade. It's all happening on April the 7th and April the 8th, 2020 in San Jose, California. Uh, if you want to get more information on the lineup and get 30% off, just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash voice of the car. At the event, they're going to cover all sorts of issues surrounding voice in the car, conversation design for the car, voice first gaming in the car, how to market voice in the car to the consumer, 
Uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful event. Uh, remember, Score Publishing is the team that brought us Project Voice. So if it's anything like that, then you're really in for a treat. Uh, so if that sounds like fun, just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash voice of the car. Just a quick reminder that full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are now only available for a limited time after release. You can get all the full episodes at voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. As a Voice Tech Pro, you get your own premium RSS feed from Patreon, which gives you access to the entire back catalogue of episodes, early access to all the new episodes, as well as exclusive interviews and bonus questions, no ads and higher quality sound. Plus, you'll be helping to ensure that I can keep producing more episodes like this one. So if that sounds good to you, head over to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and sign up today. I'm counting on your support. All right, I'm on the line with Braden Ream, the CEO of VoiceFlow, based in Toronto, Canada. VoiceFlow is a collaborative design platform for voice app development. Basically, it allows you to design, build, and test Alexa skills and Google Actions through a no-code drag-and-drop interface. They were founded in 2018. They've had uh, more than $5 million funding to date, and they now power 1 million conversations per month and are responsible for 6% of the world's Alexa skills built on the platform. It's an amazing achievement. Braden, welcome to the show. Carl, thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Definitely, yeah. I've been, uh, been keen to talk to you for a long time because way back when, the first skill I ever built was on the predecessor to what you guys have now, which is uh, Storyline slash Invocable. So we can talk about some of that. Sure. But first of all, congratulations on your award, uh, Project Voice. You're the third-party voice development tool of the year. Yeah, I know that, you know, I think that was a fantastic recognition, not just for the platform we've built, but also just sort of the community we've, we've built around it. So yeah, we're super happy to have won that award and excited to see uh, who wins it next year. For sure. Yeah, maybe you'll pick it up again. Um, I definitely, <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> that's the plan, right? So um, yeah, today's topic, obviously, we're talking about building voice apps without coding the voice flow platform. Maybe you could kick us off by just describing like what your product does, what your company uh, does, uh, the type of clients who who use your product and the, the problem it solves. Yeah, for sure. So VoiceFlow makes, makes it easy to design, prototype, and build voice apps without coding for Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and starting to dabble some IVR stuff. The problem we're solving is really a workflow problem. So if you break it down, there's an individual problem and there's a team problem. So on the individual level, typically it's how do I build a voice app really quickly without coding with sort of minimal resources? That's the problem we solve for individuals. And you know we now have over 22,000 individuals on VoiceFlow. Um, And Mm -hmm. then on the team problems, a little different. So that's more of a workflow problem. That Mm -hmm. is, I have a conversational product team or conversation product team. We build chatbots and voice assistants and IBR systems and all these sorts of different things. And our workflow right now is I write up the sample dialogues on a Word doc and maybe some state machine things on an Excel doc. And then I'll have a flow chart and maybe it's Visio. And that's where I'm doing the conversation logic and the conversation flow. And I have to package all this up, send that over to the developer. They code a prototype and they, they send it back. I do the user testing and the sort of designer developer handoff in the team atmosphere. And then you, know, you add copywriters and et cetera in. It starts to get really, really inefficient. Mm. So what VoiceFlow does is we sort of streamline that whole workflow and make it so that the designer can collaborate right from the start with the developer. They can quickly bang out a prototype. They can get right into user testing and hopefully build a better conversational experience okay. by sort of streamlining this workflow. I have to say, I wasn't aware of that second aspect. You know, I've, I've used the drag and drop interface uh, a long time ago. It sounds like you've added a lot to the platform since you guys took it over and uh, you've developed it out. Tell us a bit more about the, the workflow stuff then for the team. What does that actually look like? Uh, what are the features that help the teams there? 
Sure. Yeah. So some of the bigger features we have would be real-time collaboration and, and commenting. So real-time collaboration allows your developer, your designer, and really multiple folks in general to actually be on voice flow at the same time building. And so what's great about this is if you're doing sort of a workshop internally, or you're just sort of sitting side by side, you don't have to wait for one person to get kicked off the session. You can see you know, mm. where their cursors and, you know, as they're building. So that's sure. sort of the synchronous collaboration aspect. But then, of course, you have asynchronous collaboration, right? And this is typically uh, commenting, right? So this is when you guys aren't together, you're able to add notes. You're able to actually mark up the canvas, say we need to make changes here, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Uh, and so that allows stakeholders, uh, not just the buoy designer or the conversational designer, to actually go ahead and work with all these other folks and get their feedback. So I think what you're seeing in, in companies, it's voice is still relatively small space, as, as we all know. But it's actually penetrated almost every enterprise and every every company now. And you just have to look at it from the standpoint of there's might be a single VUI designer, maybe, you know, a dev who's working on the voice thing specifically, maybe a PM if, if it's sort of a more developed team. But then there's this broader layer of the stakeholders, right? The people who aren't necessarily involved in voice on the day to day, but they want to test out the voice experience. They want to try it out. They want to actually be able to give feedback. And it's how do we involve not just the people working on it day to day, but how do we involve that second layer, that sort of stakeholder layer? That's really important. Yeah, because those yeah. are the people often with the decision making power. They're the ones who've got the A or nay, uh, you know, over the project as a whole. If they're kept in the dark till the very end, they're going to start, you know, getting anxious, you know. Yeah, uh, it's, a good, it's a great way to get buy in. Yeah, I mean, we've met Voiceful users now who have gotten, you know, multi-million dollar projects approved through actually building a prototype on Voiceflow. Now, whether that end product is built on Voiceflow, that's neither here nor there right now. But in terms of just getting that rapid prototype out to get that stakeholder buy-in, super, super important. And we're happy that we can help people actually get to that point faster and then hopefully also get to market faster too. So once the project is approved by prototyping and getting the user testing quicker. Fantastic. All right, really good stuff. On the, the app development side then, for the person actually doing the coding or the, the no-code uh, drag and dropping, uh -huh. could you give us a, a brief rundown of what that looks like for the people who haven't used VoiceFlow or uh, the predecessors? How does it actually work? How do we build a, you know, a simple skill or a more complex skill in VoiceFlow? Sure. Yeah, so VoiceFlow is a, you can imagine like a drag and drop canvas. So very similar to a typical design tool like a Figma or a Sketch or an Adobe XD. And mm -hmm. on this canvas, you're able to drag and drop in functionality. So we call them blocks. And these blocks you link together, and that's how you actually build out this experience, this conversation logic. And then from there, you can fill in your content and such. So what's really cool about VoiceFlow is we have very basic blocks. So just the ability to make you know Alexa or Google Assistant speak, and then the ability to make choices for the user. That's sort of your typical you know, foundation for a voice app. But if you want to get really, really complex, you can because VoiceFlow has logic. We have custom code built into it. We have the ability to do API integrations, sort of modularize your projects into what we call flows. So mm. we do have that really advanced functionality as well so that if the developer actually wants to come in and when they're working with the VUI designer, if they actually want to integrate with the APIs or integrate with their custom database or an external CMS system and really sort of get their hands dirty, they totally can. Yeah, absolutely. That's So the flows were one of the big things that you guys introduced, which is a bit of history then. So I remember a long time ago, I did an interview with Vasily uh, Shinkarenka. Mm -hmm. He did a uh, storyline, which was rebranded into Invocable. It first started out as a tool to build apps. Then he pivoted to the tool, which was just to prototype the apps, didn't actually do the building. Yeah. And then it, it didn't work out. But you guys took over that project to some extent. Could you give us a bit of a detail around that? Did you take over the code base or were you just simply inspired by it? What was the deal there? Yeah. And so the sort of behind the scenes here is we had a good relationship with the Invocable team. So mm -hmm. we had actually started building a lot of our initial 
voice apps on Storyline and Vocable. Okay. And so because of that, we developed a bit of a relationship with Vasily and, and the team there. And mm. so over time, when we started to get frustrated with the platform they'd built, so with Storyline and Vocable, we essentially found it wasn't powerful enough. We wanted to actually build production-grade apps. We'd actually raised a little bit of money at that point as well. Okay. And so we wanted to build like a full company, and we felt we couldn't do that with that platform. So we branched off to go build our own internal platform. Mm. And then you know we built that over time. That was called Storyflow. And then that internal platform became our whole company, really. And, you know, we were essentially trying to position ourselves as a more powerful storyline slash invocable where, you know, we were going to sacrifice the ease of use that they really mastered and mm -hmm. just say, if you are a semi-developer, if you are a developer, but you just want to bang out sort of the conversational logic in a faster route, then VoiceFlow is the right tool for you. But if you don't know how to code at all, if you're not interested in that, it's probably more of a storyline invocable type use case. Got it. Okay. And so that's the way we thought about it. And then as Invocable was progressing and they made their big pivot from Storyline to Invocable, we started to have chats with Vasily that, you know, they might be interested in leaving the space. And so we essentially had some discussion on how could we help, you know, their many users at that point progress to our platform and, and start to integrate the two platforms together and sort of carry the torch per se. And so, yeah, that's sort of how that came about. We did take quite a bit of their code, although... It was actually written in different language, so we, we couldn't use any of it. <laughs> right, um, <I> see. <laughs> yeah, but we, we did take quite a bit of the code, and they were just a fantastic team. I, I think you know they moved on to something they were really excited about, and that's what pushed them out of the space ultimately. But yeah, they were certainly pioneers uh, doing it before everyone else. They were. Yeah, and I have to say, I was really impressed by the way Vasily helped you guys, and you guys worked so closely together. There was a real kind of friendship there, a real team spirit to make this thing happen one way or another, to help the community, to not leave the users uh, of Storyline and Vocal in the lurch. It was amazing, the community effort and uh, the attention to detail there was, was great. And uh, yeah. people really appreciated it. I could see that. I used uh, Storyline. I've made a, a simple podcasting app, you know, back in the day. But then, so my vision of the product is what it was. It was a single flow. It was fairly limited in terms of the branching logic. Since then, you guys have improved on it an order of magnitude. One of them is the, the concept of flows, which is this kind of modular system. So as far as I can understand, so, you know, when I was building this conversation flow, there were blocks and you would connect the blocks with lines. But now each of those blocks can be an entire flow in itself. Is that right? Could you walk us through that a bit? And how does that help? Yeah, yeah. So th th that's exactly right. And what's really funny is the system for flows came about initially when we were a children's story company. And so one of the things that we were upset about with Invocable was because you only had one canvas for your project, mm -hmm. if you had, you know, a couple hundred steps or blocks, it would start to look like a bees nest, right? It was it was just a sure. crazy diagram. Yeah. And so what we wanted was the ability to essentially create chapters, right? And so that's where the, the idea for flows came about was we wanted to have these different chapters where each of them held a different flow diagram. And when we launched that publicly though, people started to use it not just as sort of a, a way to section our content, but as a way to actually modularize. I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full one-hour episode is available to Voice Tech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voice Tech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voice Tech Pros get more content each month. You unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, 
such as exclusive interviews just for Voice Tech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. Voice Tech Pros also get high-quality episodes with no ads and studio-quality sound, and a chance to support the show, and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voice Tech Pro today.